I'm like, fuck it, I guess I'll go make some money, right? Dang. Um, forgot to put my tablet on the charger, so I had to take all of my notes on my phone, which is itself now on the charger. Uh, so I'm like... <laughs> Looking in like four different directions today, so I might be a little scattered. Uh, but I think <laughs> everything's here, and I, yeah. I have my I have my Nespresso because uh, I'm surprisingly running on no supplements right now to keep me awake. No caffeine or anything, or no cocaine. <laughs> no cocaine. A little bit of caffeine. Here, let me see if I can get this nice slurp on the mic. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Pow! I just shit my pants. <laughs> What's up, folks? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> We're taking everything from him. <laughs> How's it going? No huggers. No, no hug. No hugrocrats. No hugric. No huglicans. <laughs> Oh my gosh! We're we're your hosts, Tim Murphy and Ted Hollowell. How you doing? How you doing? You okay? You holding up? Okay. All right. I'm okay. I'm good. Are we good? Let, let's okay. do this. <laughs> let's I, do this. No hug, Nicks. I love that. Oh fuck! Uh, I was thinking the other day, like I I love his show. Obviously, like he's one of like the faces on uh, the Mount Rushmore of podcasting. Oh but, yeah. Like, the last 15 minutes of it, every episode of his show, it's like, well, how you doing? How, how you feeling? Where, where, how, how your parents? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, okay, like you, you, can, you can say when you're like running out of stuff to talk to, or <laughs> you, you can feel whenever like he doesn't have any more questions. It's like, oh, what, what, yeah, what, school, yeah. what school did you go to growing up? They have a nice playground there? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, when, when he's like, when he has a guest that he's not, as familiar with as some other guests, you know, when there's like a yeah. weird oh, author sure. actor yeah. that's like just been kind of booked <laughs> on his show, and he's like he's like trying to find a place to connect, you know, which I guess is what he's kind of good at, you know, because he does get there sometimes. But I mean, yeah. everybody should be so lucky to have a career that ends up self parodying itself, you know. I mean, like it, it oh, I know, so long, right? I you know, know. yeah. Like I, Sean Evans of Hot Ones is starting to get there, and he is living for it. <laughs> yeah well i mean hot ones friggin made it when they parodied it on snl <laughs> exactly exactly but like he tweeted about that i think yeah. i may have told you about this i don't know if i told you about it on on the podcast um but he tweeted about that he's like this is so awesome i wish i knew what was happening right now i'm way too high <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's uh that's pretty amazing yeah but i mean like just but just like just like watching hot ones now and watching like maybe the first episode of hot ones you know like just just to have a I, thing that you do that anybody can mimic yeah but that you started is like well that's that's what we're all shooting for you know for like two two yo-yos like us to sit down and be able to like verbatim make up an intro to wtf and it be no different than the actual <laughs> intro just goes to show you like We've probably listened to hundreds of episodes between us, you know. Oh, oh, without a doubt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's awesome. <laughs> what's uh, uh, what, what's new with you though? Nothing much. I've uh, I've just been applying for a bunch of jobs, so that's fun. You yeah. know, it gives you something to do, uh, and then just doing this because it's really the only thing I'm producing right now. Yeah. Uh, so you know, I, I've even put it on LinkedIn, which I'm on now, which I find very boring and useless. But <laughs> I, I guess maybe my network's not big enough. I hate LinkedIn. I. I... <laughs> I, I just I don't devote enough time to it. Um, I I added the hashtag open to work 
on my profile yep. picture. Yeah, um, But, like, the only thing it's really good for is, like, I get the daily email newsletter. It's like, see what this person posted. And sometimes, not always, sometimes it's that person saying their company is hiring. I'm like, ah. oh, okay, cool. I feel like I'm qualified for that position, and I'll apply for it. That has happened once. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, someone, um, like the guy, there's a guy I always talk to. He actually, I think we've talked about him before, Tim Putry, or uh, actually, he says his name Putre on his show, but I always knew him as <laughs> Tim Putry, which is, he was like the producer of a country morning show when I was an intern, like in DC way back in the day, and that's what they yeah. called him, and now I'm like, well, what is your name? What's your oh. name, dude? <laughs> oh, that's right. He's he's the other Tim Murphy, isn't he? Yes, and then he went by <laughs> Tim Murphy when he got like an on-air gig. <laughs> Not that his his producer gigs were always on air too, but anyway, um, I uh, anytime I've talked to him, he's given me advice that has led to my next gig. Like legit, like the last person I talked to was him. I did what he told me to do, and then I ended up with a job. So I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna Ooh, call him, and whatever he yeah. says to do, I'm gonna do. So he was like, you're on LinkedIn, and I'm like, no. And uh, I'm like, he's like, okay, get on LinkedIn. We'll connect, connect with everybody. You find jobs. I'm like, okay, great, I'll do it. And um, nice. I don't know. I feel. Yeah, but I, I've been on LinkedIn for, you know, I don't know, a week or two now, and I still don't have a job. So what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> like, that's all it takes. Is just what's get going on, on, Tim? Job. What's going on, other Tim Murphy? Come on. Get, get on LinkedIn, and they just start sending you a check. Like, oh, cool. That, Man. <laughs> Jesus, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what was I doing? <laughs> Outside of both of us searching for jobs, I have been trying to find the place in this intro and bullshit to tell you this for probably like a month now, but it's just yeah. never naturally come up. Uh, I have now watched all of season one of AP Bio. Oh my God, that's awesome. And I've been waiting to tell you this before I watched season two, God damn it. Yes. <laughs> and you you must be loving it. I mean, you're going to continue. Don't, isn't it hilarious? It's it's very funny. It's yeah. much funnier than I gave it credit for originally. Um, because yeah. uh, if you remember, like, uh, whenever I was telling you about it originally, I had only watched the first episode and thought, like, it's it's okay. I don't know if I have the attention span to keep up with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's um, and and you had every right to be suspicious because it's a network comedy, and those yeah, are just exactly. not funny anymore. <laughs> and now it's not a network comedy, and so I think maybe people people go, oh, maybe it was funny all along, and <laughs> and the masses weren't ready for it, so now it's on Peacock. Well, I I noticed that with uh with AP Bio and with one other show that were moved to streaming exclusives, that there, there's kind of these two types of shows that are moved from either a network or, or a cable channel to streaming exclusive. It's either the show that doesn't have a big enough audience or it's the show that has a huge audience that's moved to the streaming exclusive as a hope to get people to subscribe to that streaming service. Yeah. Uh, AP Bio is the former for Peacock, uh, but RuPaul's All-Stars is the uh. latter for Paramount Plus because they moved that from VH1 to Paramount now. Yeah. And Grace and I have been watching through season three of that. And I, I was thinking, I'm like, they moved this to Paramount? I thought this was huge. And then, sure enough, I'm like, oh, yeah, that, that makes sense. They're trying to yeah. draw traffic to Paramount. It's huge and niche. And niche doesn't mean small. It just means very specific. And so it's got this exactly. huge niche yeah. audience. 
and that's what you're looking for when you want people who are going to spend money on yeah. something. They're like, well, niche. I can't get this anywhere else. It's too niche. <laughs> you're right. Niche can be 20 people. Niche can be 20 million people. Yes. Smart move. But you know what? Um, maybe for uh, our eventual, our seemingly more and more eventual Patreon, we do an AP Bio watch. Because that's I'd, what? like I'd be down. 30 episodes at this point or something. And that's when the next season comes out, if it ever comes out. Well, they, uh, I think that's like 36 so far. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. Yeah, because I know that uh, they, they had, I think they wrapped on the last season, so but yeah, yeah, they got back I, out there. I've been watching, uh, I, I'm embarrassed at how much Peacock I've been watching. Uh, <laughs> have not have not checked out the new Boss Baby uh, family oh. business movie, though. Right, um, right. Although I did change your profile icon to the Boss Baby. On what? On Peacock. Oh, oh, no. I forgot you had my login. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, thank you, Ted. I, that just goes to show you how much I watch Peacock. Uh, but I have at it. I, I was watching was watching AP Bio, and I started watching the... Uh, I don't know if you knew about this knew this about me, but I am a big, like, abandoned landscape and abandoned, like, scenery buff. Yeah. Um, like amusement parks and shopping malls. Yes. And a big one of that... Given my upbringing, is racetracks. There ah. is a whole show on Peacock hosted by Dale Earnhardt Jr. called Lost Speedways, wow. where they have like old historical footage of people racing at this track from like anywhere from the 30s to the the 70s, and they show like, oh, now there's a tree growing up where the start finish line was. <laughs> uh, this bank here that you see is just a concrete wall. This person fucking died there. <laughs> Jeez. It's interesting. I really that's, like it. That's pretty rough for uh junior to be saying. Okay, he doesn't he doesn't say oh, okay. <laughs> he doesn't say they fucking died there. Uh, yeah. but like they, I mean, like, they don't, they don't skimp he, on details. Like, oh yeah, this guy, uh, was going too fast. Uh, shot off the bank out of turn two, flipped his car, hit a tree 27 feet up. Jeez. Yeah. So you must be, tell me that you are subscribed to abandoned porn on Twitter then. I mean, not Twitter, Reddit. I am. Yeah. Yes. I love that sub. That. And, yeah. uh, there's a really cool, uh, photographer I follow on Instagram. Uh, username is Seth. Lawless, S-E-P-H, Lawless. Mm. He's got a couple of books out, and if you see some of the photos he's taken, I'm sure you've seen them before. Uh, I I think he originally took some of the most heavily reposted photos in Abandoned Mm. Porn. Yeah. Yeah, there's a guy I started following from Abandoned Porn, and I like him because he lives where I grew or most of his pictures are from the area of Virginia where I grew up. I don't know if he lives there, but he takes a lot of pictures around there and he's like he's like, This is Williamsburg. Here's a random oh, farmhouse cool. in Yorktown. Yeah. So <laughs> um I've never recognized anything, but at least I'm like, Oh, that's awesome. I forget what his name though. It's like it's like Dashel or something like that. I don't know. Sorry we can't plug you dudes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh should we get going? Might as well, yeah. All right. Welcome to No Hugging, No Learning. It's a show about one thing, watching Seinfeld for the first time. I'm Tim Murphy. And I'm Ted Hollowell. And today we will be talking about the Yada Yada Season 8, Episode 19. But before that, what's the deal with stuff from our last episode, The Nap. Something Ted is thinking about right now. It's Nap <laughs> later on. Um, so first of all, George, the reason George needs a nap at work is because he was up all night watching The Omen trilogy. And The Omen is a horror film franchise beginning in 1976. Uh, Ted and I have seen none of them. After the third film was produced, so there were three theatrical movies, they made a fourth one for television to try to revive the series, but it was received poorly. 
And so it kind of died there until uh, they tried to make a TV series later on and, and other stuff like that. But so the series centers on Damien Thorne, a child born of Satan and given to Robert and Catherine Thorne before being passed along the Thorne families as a child. It is revealed among the families that Damien is in fact meant to be the Antichrist and as an adult is attempting to gain control of the Thorne business and reach for the presidency. Uh, three, So there's three Omen movies and like countless like kind of spinoffs and uh, tries to revive it and stuff like that. And there are three documentaries about the series that have been made. So Seriously? just as many, yeah, just as many docs <laughs> as there are theatrical movies. The I didn't look to see if anybody. Let me see who was in the Omen. If we, uh, I didn't write down any of the actors because I um I found it interesting that the remake, of course, as we as we heard from Ted, who remembers the date it came out, six six six. That came. <laughs> that was from um, Liev Schreiber, Julia Stiles, and Mia Farrow are in that one. Okay. Uh, let me see. Oh, Gregory Peck is in the original Omen. Harvey Spencer plays Damien. David Warner, he's kind of a guy who's in a lot of those old uh, B-movies and stuff. Uh, so no one too amazingly famous. Lee Remick plays uh, the woman, Catherine Thorne. And the full trilogy length. So if George stayed up, and let's say he has home box office at the time or something, and there was yeah. no commercials, the full trilogy length is 326 minutes or about five and a half hours and that's wow. without commercials. Yeah, that's nothing. <laughs> yeah, they're all you know they're horror movies, so you never really get a lot of meat in those. Mm-hmm. But still, I mean, <laughs> to stay up all night watching five and a half hours of The Omen without well, commercials. It, true, but here let's let's even give George some credit. Um, yeah. Maybe he got like invested in the movie at like eight or nine. You know, in the first yeah. one, uh, second one comes on at what? Maybe like. 10 10 30 11 and then the yeah. last one starts probably at like midnight or 12 30 that'd still be a late night yeah that's true but not but not too crazy late like if each one is uh you know less than if they if they just make them two hours they stretch them to the standard two hours and maybe mm-hmm. the, you know they they cut, they edit stuff out of the movie too so they can fit in more commercials in the time slot they're given so yeah six hours let's say it was six hours total or something then yeah, I guess that's not as crazy, but it's still it's still a binge watch. Oh, for sure, <laughs> still a marathon. Hal's kind of icebreaker on his date with Elaine is that Twinkies aren't cooked, and Elaine says that the bottom is brown, and he's like they're just made to look that way. Uh, so the Twinkie, as we know, is an American snack cake described as a golden sponge cake with creamy filling. According to the SpruceEats.com, the details of this myth vary, but the basic story goes that Twinkies are made with all chemical ingredients, and no actual food products, so they'll stay fresh for decades. Feeding off of the rumor that Twinkies are made with all chemical ingredients, some claim the Twinkies aren't even truly baked, like how. The rumor claims that Twinkies are produced by chemical action that causes the chemical ingredients to foam when combined and then set. And I kind of, you know, it's, it's so believable. When Hal said it, I was like, oh yeah, it doesn't really feel like cake. It's got that kind of like <laughs> sticky nature to it, and it, it does seem like... You know, a foam that you, you know, would make in like a weird science experiment. But the brown bottom of the cake is actually on top as it bakes. So these cakes are baked, which is oh, why it's it okay. Yeah, so they're, they're put in like a little, you know, a, a tray that looks like the Twinkie, you know, g- g- the domed Twinkie kind of design that we all know. And that top is what is, goes under the heat lamp. So that's why that part's brown. And then it flips over after baking. The cakes okay. are injected with vanilla cream and inverted so that the pale golden yellow dome becomes the top and the old top is now the brown bottom so are they are they cake uh, are, or is it like a, a chemical reaction that is then cooked 
No, it's definitely cake. Okay, yeah, okay, good. Yeah, the same way, yeah. I know, I know. Yeah, they're they're definitely real food and not chemicals and, and they are baked cake. And they do um they the official shelf life is a mere twenty five days. Now everyone always does these experiments wow. where they yeah, where they say Twinkies are gonna last like a million years or a teacher will put one on a on the chalkboard at the beginning of the school year and then show you at the end that it hasn't changed. Um but after twenty five days a Twinkie will continue to exist, of course. As the website says, <laughs> but will d- diminish diminish greatly in taste and texture. I like that. Like it's just yeah. gonna poof after yeah, twenty five days. Wouldn't it be great if food did that? You know, <laughs> so they they are food and they are baked and they don't last a million years. Elaine was right, but she didn't really press Hal on it. They also uh, they must have food in common because uh, another time that we see Elaine and Hal talking is when Elaine says how much she loves the stuffed crust pizza, and how it's going to be years before they find another place to hide pizza uh, or hide cheese on a pizza. And I'm like, wow, that, what a weird thing to say that you like. But, but again, this is 97. So when, did, when was stuffed crust pizza introduced? Maybe it was still kind of a new invention that Elaine was still excited about. So uh, it was invented by this guy, Rubens Augusto Jr., a Brazilian entrepreneur, founder of a Brazilian pizza chain called Patroni, claims to have invented stuffed crust pizza in 1986. Now, Pizza Hut introduced stuffed crust pizza to the masses, created, they say, by Patty Shem- Sheb- Shebmir, and they launched it March 25th, 1995. So we're still a little less than two years, let's say, or maybe around two years, yeah. almost two years. Yeah, so just about two years, because this is April. So we're two years from the invention of stuffed crust pizza. I think it's, it's, it's totally acceptable for Elaine's mind to still be blown over that. Yeah, and maybe... Uh, maybe she just hadn't had stuffed crust pizza yet. It's totally, yeah. it's believable for sure. It, yeah. It's not something that a either hasn't been invented yet or something that is 15 years old. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's still something you can be excited about. And uh, it was marketed in a commercial with Donald and Ivana Trump. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. <laughs> But that was back when he was still like, you know, Manhattan real estate punchline <laughs> Donald Trump uh, and not, you know, the one that we know today. That's back when he was only a failed businessman and, yes, yeah. and rea- before he was reality TV show punchline. Yes. Yeah, right. It was it was like three punchlines ago. Oh, my at God. At least, at least. <laughs> Um, Pizza Hut was sued by the family of Anthony Manganiello, or Manganiello, I don't know who that is, but over for $1 billion over claims that Pizza Hut stuffed crust infringed on his 1987 patent on making stuffed pizza shells, but Pizza Hut was found not to have infringed on the patent uh, after a two-year court battle. Um, or maybe it wasn't, no, anyway, it was just in 99. I don't know how long the court battle lasted, but uh, they found out that Pizza Hut did not steal the idea. Oh, here we go. Uh, I found I did some extra credit. That's all the homework that we had. But I was like, you know what? What is the name for those tourist coin-op binoculars that the oh, kid yeah. and his dad are looking through at the East River? So believe it or not, Wikipedia has a page. And the page that you'll be redirected to is Tower Viewer. A Tower Viewer? Yeah. That's what they say is like the, is huh. like the, main, that's the main headline of that article. Uh, a telescope or binoculars permanently mounted on a stalk. Uh, but... Tower viewers are known by, there's a selection with, that has all their other names, a variety of names, including uh, coin binoculars and all sorts of, you know, coin scope, coin viewer, observation binoculars, uh, hmm. optical ranger, outdoor viewer, pinnacle scope, 
revenue binoculars doesn't really have a, a punch <laughs> to it. Um, I mean, it's 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 true. It's accurate, yeah, but accurate's not exciting. <laughs> this one though, uh, scenic magnifier or scenic viewer, spyglass. So that's not bad, although it, it, it's a little nefarious. It's like, what are you looking at at that overlook where you need a spyglass? Uh, stationary binoculars. I like that. Again, that's accurate and it has a it has a little punch to it. Uh, and then also the one I um, posited is on the list: viewfinder or viewmaster. Nice. Yeah, uh, or just viewing scope, viewing machine, etc. So, but I, I'm but, guessing that a lot of people are in your same boat, though. That like, well, that's the the red plastic yes. thing with the with yeah. the wheels. So, if you're talking to somebody in the industry, go ahead and call it a tower viewer, and they're gonna go, <laughs> "Well, most idiots call that a viewmaster." Like, well, no, I who would call a tower viewer a viewmaster? Oh now, my god! Now I'm wondering what industry that would be. I, I'm guessing probably like the National Park Service. Yeah, yeah, I would say if you're talking to somebody, but I think I saw in the article there are like two companies that still really are your main tower viewer uh, manufacturers. I think one's in Ontario, and I forget where the other one is, but yeah, and that, and that's partly why they're called tower viewers is like the company is called like Tower Industries or something like that. <laughs> of course it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, Seacoast. Oh, that's a good name. S e e c o a s t. Seacoast Manufacturing. Oh, okay. That's that's one that makes <laughs> yeah. That's one that makes one. So yeah, and that's all like so. That's all the extra credit and homework and stuff like that. Here's some more uh, trivia and tidbits from the episode. According to writer Greg Cavett, the idea for the George story came up from the fact that a former coworker would take naps underneath his desk so he wouldn't be seen slacking off. Which is like, how bad do you have to be? Maybe it wasn't a writer, but like, how bad do you have to be to be be considered slacking off? writing a sitcom you know or working on a sitcom like day to day yeah you know? yeah <laughs> just seems like there's a lot of slacking off until you go oh that's funny write that down <laughs> write that down write that down write it down the character conrad so you remember the contractor who could make a decision that was based on stan Askoff, seinfeld's prop master for almost the entire run of the show uh writers greg cavett and andy <laughs> robbins said uh, stan would offer you Many suggestions for every prop. If you wanted a spoon, <laughs> he'd put 20 spoons in front of you and ask to pick. Stan had a hard time just making the choice himself, and he wanted to please so hard, it's kind of just one more decision to make. As writers, it sometimes was a pain to make, and certainly Jerry felt he didn't have time to make all these decisions for Stan. <laughs> they added that while they didn't know if As Askoff ever realized he was the basis for Conrad, sometime after the episode film, he seemed to recognize that there was a negative side to him offering so many options. Aw, <laughs> oh, that... That that that's sad. I, I hope hope he wasn't like upset about it. I know, I know. Like, because then it says almost the entire run of the show. I'm like, did he leave after that? Thinking like everyone hated. Oh him no, yeah. <laughs> he, he leaves like season nine, episode sixteen yeah, yeah. or something. Yeah. Oh man, I just realized. <laughs> <laughs> but I've I've heard that about prop masters. I think even on another show that we reference a lot, Office Ladies, they talk about their prop master and how he would. You know, he would do the same thing. Like, you know, when the directors and writers, they have a vision. And it's like, if you just ask for a spoon, it's like, well, I don't know what you mean by that, especially if it's a pivotal prop in the scene. So you bring as many options as you can, you know, if you don't have a lot of information. And yeah. I've heard that's just something a lot of prop, prop masters do. Larry David, of course, returned to the show for the first time since his departure at the end of season seven, solely to provide the voice of George Steinbrenner. Uh, they were worried that David... Uh, wouldn't take well to having to read Steinbrenner's lines from a script, since in previous seasons he'd held the final say on all the scripts and ad-libbed a lot of Steinbrenner's dialogue. But 
uh, Larry was cool with it, and he later remarked that the experiment, uh, experience was an odd one. And I can imagine it would be going back to a job you left to do a job that wasn't your main job, but now it is, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it had to be kind of surreal. It's like, now I'm working for all these people. I was, I could like, I was the Steinbrenner of this gig, and now I'm just another player. And now, you know? now I'm just another George. Yeah, exactly. Uh, this seems kind of weird, but I, I it says the, uh, I, f- I think I found this on IMDb, the Bomb Squad was portrayed by members of the real LA Bomb Squad. Which seems unlikely, but... Yeah, get out of here. There's no yeah, I'm way. Like, <laughs> that seems like a waste of time when you could just put two actors in a in a blue suits and, and make them... Yeah. <laughs> so take that with a grain of salt. I don't know where that info came from. The scene with Kramer diving into the East River was filmed on a studio set with a dock and a blue screen to provide the East River and New York skyline. Uh, as with the Friars Club, the shots of Kramer actually swimming were filmed at a Universal Studios water tank. I forget what he's doing in the Friars Club. That might have been when he was dumped in the river by his girlfriend who thought he was dead. (laughs) And let me see. Oh, footage of the tank itself was replaced with more water that was digitally added to make it look like the East River. So I didn't I didn't pick pick up on this. But if you look closely, almost at the middle of your screen, you can see where the digital water begins and the tank water ends. (laughs) I can't believe we didn't pick up on this. I'm upset that we didn't pick up on that. I'm I'm not going to lie. (laughs) <laughs> that that seems yeah. like it's extremely our shit yeah yeah totally and and especially because we were remarking on how bad the chroma key was yeah. with that blue screen in the first place <laughs> maybe that was distracting us and that's why we didn't notice the weird digital water. yeah they did it on purpose <laughs> yep. you're right it was an inside yes. job <laughs> it was misdirection uh hal said he estimated elaine's height to be five foot eight and in reality julie louis dreyfus is five inches shorter she is five foot three so i guess oh, that's another geez. thing she was probably flattered about not only that he thought she was so skinny but also that she was much taller and uh let me see oh the seinfeld logo would have a different design each season we know and season eight we've been with it for you know almost 20 episodes now that it has that black and white checker design around the title and i never knew this but it's because jerry believed this was going to be the final season of the series meant to resemble a checkered flag in an auto racing event which signifies the final lap oh my god i didn't even pick up on that no, me neither. And, and I don't know why that tidbit was attributed to this episode, but, but there we go. It makes total sense. Speaking of auto racing, I was watching a race last night, and they pivot to the in-car cam of one of the drivers. I want to say that it was Helio Castroneves, mm-hmm. um, who is a famous like IndyCar driver. And occasionally the drivers will have like sponsor decals in their car so that like you see them whenever that camera cuts to them. Mm-hmm. One of the drivers, again, may or may not have been Helio, had decals for Skip Barber's Racing Academy. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> I thought I thought that was so weird and cool. <laughs> That's awesome. The things you learn by watching Seinfeld <laughs> and listening to this podcast, by the way. <laughs> uh, but that that is it. That's all the the trivia and stuff. All right. Uh, any uh, any news or anything? Well. A surprise announcement on Thursday, uh, the Thursday before we're recording this. Oh, my God, yeah. The very next day, which was July 2nd, the Seinfeld soundtrack was officially released. Have you listened to it yet? The Seinfeld soundtrack. I've I've only kind of um, just kind of like gone through and previewed some of the tracks. But um, yeah, it is uh, 33 tracks, about 40 minutes of music. And, uh, yeah, have you, have you listened to it? I haven't, no. Um, I ran out of podcasts last night whenever I was driving Uber, 
And I yeah. should have put this on because that would have been like the ultimate, what the fuck are you listening to? <laughs> um, but instead I put the emo forever playlist on like a, like a uh, big old dummy. Yeah. It's, it's got some interesting um, cues on it. Of course the theme. Um, and of course the theme from the Seinfeld Chronicles, interestingly enough, um, I, I guess that might be what that is. Oh no, I bet the Chronicle is um, their best of clip show before the finale, but uh. it's got the, um, it's got Kramer's pimp walk. Which I remember loving when that was on there. It's got Jerry the Mailman. Um, it's got Himalayan walking shoes. It's got some John Germain jazz. It's got three bits yes. of John Germain jazz. Yes. It says featuring. I want to see who this is featuring. No, don't play it. I can't afford that. <laughs> uh, featuring Bob Shepard. I don't know who Bob Shepard is. Maybe he's the saxophonist. Uh, it's got Kramer's boombox. Jerry versus Newman Chase. Cable Guy versus Kramer Chase. <laughs> Um, it's got, uh, Kramer's crappy banjo. I don't know what that is. Peterman in the Burmese jungle. Oh, the TV cartoon that's singing wheels on the bus. It's got that waiting for verdict blues. It's got the lopper. Some of this we haven't gotten to Rochelle, Rochelle, the musical, which we did see Rochelle, Rochelle, the musical, right? Because that was all that Carrie, um, the Tanya Harding stuff, right? Do you remember that? Uh, Or have we not hit that yet? I don't think we've hit that. I don't know. Actually. I, I feel like we did, but maybe not. It does have a cue from the Puerto Rican Day Parade uh, called Blimp. Oh, it's got the pain and the yearning, and it's got <laughs> George's answering machine. But I bet it's oh, just hell yes. I bet it's just the music from that, and not George and not Jason Alexander singing. Uh, but, so but I don't it's probably know. Just the yeah yeah. So I, I haven't put it on yet, but I'm I'm very excited to. Uh, and that's that's all the news that I have. All righty. Um, well, if you've never listened to this podcast before, we are not a research-heavy show, despite the last eh, about 33 minutes uh, being pretty much all research and homework and bullshit. We like to have our questions come up naturally in the run of the episode and assign them to ourselves the week after as though we are giving ourselves homework. So if we miss anything, if we egregiously skip over something, please send us an email or a tweet. It's at nohugging on Twitter or show at gmail.com. Both of those links are in the description or on the show description page on Apple Podcasts. And if you like what you hear, please give us a five-star rating and a written review on Apple Podcasts. And we'll give you a shout-out here on the show, and we'll send you a holographic, no-hugging, no-learning sticker free of charge. We just got to get your mailing address somehow. Or if you don't want to post it on Apple Podcasts, that's fine. That's fine. You can just uh, email it to us or DM us. We'll work something out. That being said, Season 8, Episode 19, The Yada Yada. Original air date, April 24th, 1997. I was four years four months and four days old whenever this episode came out mm. and Tim, four, if you're ca- four 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 wow almost and- evil almost <laughs> evil. <laughs> i'm i'm two-thirds evil <laughs> yeah that's right and tim if you're counting this episode on every other episode we've got left we have fuck it and write it down oh no oh no this this comes with uh, my notes being mixed between my phone and my <laughs> tablet give me one second ah shit okay. I fucked up. Uh, we have 26 episodes until we become a... I don't know. I say we're a um, uh, a tower viewer review podcast. <laughs> where we go to... We try to find every tower viewer that we can. And, we, and we'll tell you whether it's worth the 25 cents. 
<laughs> or or whether you know, or, or whether you can just save your money and get the the view that you get with your with the naked eye. Uh, is there any like ranking system with like the natural park service or natural park fucking uh, national park service like that we can rank things on a like one to five star scale or, or something? Because I I'd love to rank them on like. Well, the view from this one specifically isn't that great. Uh, you yeah. can see some water, maybe a few trees. There's a statue a mile and a half away. Yeah. I, no, I, I like the way you're thinking. I can't. The only thing I can think of is bears um, <laughs> or, or ranger hats. But I don't know. I mean, because they're, they're you know, they're, it's not only <laughs> national parks that you find them at. But, but yeah, certainly yeah. they are in those, in those outdoor <laughs> locations. But then they're also in places like, you know, the top of the Empire State Building and stuff like that. So oh, that's how true. Do you en- how do you encompass all of that, uh, the urban and suburban and, and uh, wild outdoors in one rating system? And then for sweeps, we just take a, a cross-country road trip uh, doing, like, the loop of every single tower viewer. That would be amazing. Uh, th- that we can find. It'll be four years long. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Christ. <laughs> Jeez, but no, I think this is going to be, uh, you know, we're going to see some some beautiful environments, and and uh, it would be very helpful, you know, because I always see those things, and no one ever has quarters, like no, so, no. Yeah, Honestly, they... I'm surprised. What would you see the? Would you say the company name was Sea Coast? S E E Coast. Sea Coast, and the other one is Tower Optical. I, I found out later. Really yeah. surprised they yeah. haven't made one that has like a tap to pay. With your yeah. with your phone or Apple Pay or or your debit card or even a slot. You know where you can, you know you can put your card in there and yeah. then charge I mean, twenty five cents that, to your debit card. That, that's outdated now, Tim. You got to get with the times. It's all about I, tap to pay. I do have a tapper card. It has a little tapper thing on it, but I never know where to tap or what to tap. It's still not clear to me. So <laughs> see, uh, I I pretty much only tap when I'm able to, and yeah. most of the time I just hold my card on the terminal somewhere, trying not to touch it if I can. And I'm oh. like, eh, eventually it'll beep. Okay. Yeah, because I, I see it everywhere, and they're like, tap, give it a little tap. I'm like, yeah. okay. <laughs> Just I, give it a little tap. It's okay. I, uh, I don't know where or when to do that. Yeah, I love doing it. I, I think it's it real yet. convenient. I, I'm ready for it. But they just need to make it more clear to elder millennials like me. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, if you're looking at TV Guide the night of April 24th, 1997, you are going to see George realizes his girlfriend's slang may leave out vital information. Mm-hmm. I kind of like that. We'll see if we can, uh, if we need to make it better at the end. Uh, we start with the cold open. George and Jerry are at urinals, and right when the scene opens just the fact that they're, they're at urinals elicits a big laugh from the audience did you notice that yeah like nobody <laughs> nobody's done anything and they're like oh my god urinals like, um okay i guess uh, okay that just that image is hilarious of men peeing um and jerry asked george what uh, you know, you're on a desert island, and you have to, you get to bring five books. And I love George's response. I have to read five books, <laughs> <laughs> even with nothing else to do. He doesn't want to read, even with nothing else to do for maybe the rest of his yeah. existence. Yeah. He doesn't want to read five books. Yeah. And then I love the way that he thinks about it, too. Jerry's like, all right, just one. He's like, three musketeers. And Jerry's like, you read that? He's like, no, I'm saving it for the island. <laughs> <laughs> and that, what a great point. I mean, it's a huge gamble if it's, if it's the last, 
you know, album or movie or book or whatever these with these desert island questions. But yeah. it's like, yeah, why would I bring something I've seen a million times like The Office or Seinfeld? Why wouldn't I bring something that I've been meaning to watch? And now I've got time because I'm on a desert island. You know, no one ever thinks of it that way. They're like, oh, man, I got to bring my favorite albums. Like you've heard those a million times. Yeah. Why not what are you going yeah. to do? Sing them to yourself? Yeah. Bring something insane like the Smithsonian's like 90 disc classical music collection. And, yeah. And just like, yeah. And that's one. <laughs> that counts as one because it's a collection. Uh, and then just, you know, just get enveloped in that. Don't listen to whatever. Linkin Park, the album with Numb again. <laughs> uh, uh, Destruction what? Theory? Something dumb like that? What is that? Uh, which one had Numb? Hybrid Theory? <laughs> yeah, Meteora? I, I uh, I want to say hybrid theory. <laughs> uh, was it their first one? <laughs> You're asking God. the wrong guy. Yeah, I, I I'm not asking a a new metal expert. I gotta gotta take this question to the down voter. Yeah, yeah. I was asking it like <laughs> kind of making fun of a person who would bring Lincoln Park's hybrid theory as one of their <laughs> desert island discs. You know what? Maybe I should bring it and start appreciating real music. You know, I'm going to be stuck on a desert island. I'm taking Linkin Park's Hybrid Theory. I'm taking Todd Phillips of the Joker. And I'm going to take uh, Catcher in the Rye. Nice. Nice. Love it. <laughs> M- music, movie, book. Yeah. And Jerry's like, all right, how about this? Best, who's the best Chamberlain, Wilt, Richard, or Neville? And George thinks they're still talking about which Chamberlain you bring to a desert island, which is funny. Because he says, Richard Chamberlain. And Jerry goes, you know, he was in The Three Musketeers. And George is taking a long time to pee. And Jerry's like, what's going on over there? And George is like, I don't know. I got to see somebody. Which also gets another huge laugh. Yeah. And I also thought set up like a medical problem George was going to have in this episode. But, but nope. <laughs> nope. No, nothing. Nope, George's enlarged prostate is just going to remain a mystery to us all. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it sets up something later? Yeah. Maybe? It didn't ring ring a bell with me, which is why I was like, oh, maybe there's something in this episode. But yeah, maybe later. (laughs) Maybe later we'll find out. I think George having to get a prostate exam would be a funny, albeit kind of sitcom cliche, but kind of a funny storyline. Oh, yeah. I mean, we already had George getting... uh... Uh, the massage and uh, the masseuse yeah. grabs in her leg and it moved. Um, yeah, so yeah. <laughs> I can imagine it would be something very similar. But since that happened so early in the run of the show, it would be very sitcom-esque to run that back in season eight, you know? Of course, of course. Yeah, just a thematic callback. Uh, so over at Monk's, we open at Monk's in the episode proper and George is there with Marcy. We get a name right away, which is handy. Yeah. And Jerry is there too. And George, for some reason, is like, oh, you should have seen me in the hot tub today. I was naked. Which is, <laughs> that's just weird. That's very uh, weird, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jerry's like, oh, I saw it. And she's like, how do you look? He's like, okay, I wouldn't see it again. <laughs> which George gets very angry at Jerry for saying, which I, I think is hilarious. And Marcy says her friend got thought she got Legionnaires in a hot tub, but yada, yada, yada was just bad egg salad. And... She leaves, and Jerry says to George that he likes the yada yada. She's succinct, and it saves a lot of time in telling stories. Meanwhile, Tim Watley comes in. Brian Cranston is back. Yeah. And um, uh, he says, well, I'll tell you what's what's going on. I'm a Jew. He converted two days ago, uh, and he was also just in the health club, but uh, they didn't run into each other. He was like, oh, I was mostly in the sauna, so I guess it was kind of a Jewish workout. Oh, <laughs> and boy. And that, that hits Jerry sour right away. 
you know, it, it does remind me of one of my favorite community jokes. And I know I've we brought up before, I brought up before, is when everyone uh, finds out that Annie is Jewish, but they all keep going, Annie, you're a Jew? Yeah. Like, say Jewish. Say the whole thing. S- say the whole word. Yeah. I love that you're bit. You're a Jew? I didn't know you were a Jew. I love that bit. Oh, my God. That and, like, do you remember the episode where Shirley's throwing a Christmas party and no one else is Christian? Annie brings in, I th- was it a menorah or a star of David to put on the tree? And Shirley's just like, oh, that's nice. Uh, we'll just put that right here and, and like tucks it all the way into the tree or something <laughs> no i don't remember that <laughs> but i did love that i did love their you know the the shirley annie storyline and just like the, shirley's christianity um you know popping up every so often with the other characters <laughs> who obviously did not care but it also reminds me of that great how everybody played do you remember um anyway there was some republican politician i want to say it was roy moore down in alabama and there was a defense <laughs> against you know they said he was anti-semitic or whatever and and his wife got on some stage and was like i'll have you know our lawyer is a jew and like she really threw oh, it out like that do you remember that i don't but oh my god I forget oh. who had I think it was Conan or somebody who who had you know an actress on who was playing that and and when she said that like they put that um the like mic reverb like a hundred times reverb on it and then showed uh showed footage of volcanoes exploding and earthquakes happening and Jesus. birds flying off from trees and stuff and it was like and the 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 syllable the one syllable lasted like five minutes like, <laughs> G- <laughs> oh good lord. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a tough it's it's like a tough word to to say, you know, it it just it it, it can hit you sour just like it did Jerry very easily, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those words it's like there it's it's black and white. It's like there's no gray when it comes to saying that word. When it comes out of your mouth, people know who you are, you know. Yeah. Well, see, I would argue that there there are shades of gray, but hear me out on this because okay. I have heard a bunch of interviews and podcasts uh, with Jewish people who yeah. say like, no, it, it it's okay to say it. I'm like, uh-huh. oh, okay. Uh, so I guess it is almost like up for interpretation. Like, is there is there a sense of mockery behind it? Is that can you tell? Is there a sense of like hatred behind it? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, that that's exactly what I'm saying. Like, I knew it was a perfectly fine word, but it's when it comes out of your mouth. You know, when it comes out of anybody's mouth, you know exactly yeah, right away. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, oh, so, okay. Any, gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So any, like, I knew it was. I knew it wasn't a slur unless you say it a certain way. You know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like you can tell when it's being used as a slur. Exactly. Yeah, you're right. Like, um, uh, Tim Watley's Jewish workout reminds me of. I think it was last episode we talked about how uh, celery was called Jewish champagne, and I was like, oh, that's cool and i was like oh no oh, wait a no second. it probably <laughs> yeah. wasn't called that by jewish people <laughs> it, it was probably called that by wealthy waspy people <laughs> yeah yeah exactly so up in jerry's apartment jerry is telling elaine that he thinks two days of being jewish is too soon to be joking about being jewish and elaine says well people turn 21 and get drunk the first night and jerry goes <laughs> booze is not a religion and elaine says tell that to my father <laughs> Which I thought was a f- like a funny but also very dark little exchange, but yeah. I, I thought it was well written. It's very it's very real. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Uh, and Elaine heard from Beth Luckner, and Jerry has is waiting out that marriage still. And I didn't put two and two together at this point until we saw Beth on screen. Did you know who they were talking about? Did you remember? Just, or just by name? Yeah, or, or by Jerry's not. or by context clues, and Jerry saying, "Oh, I'm still waiting out that marriage." Absolutely not. Yeah, and and Elaine says, "Well." That marriage is already over. They got divorced six months ago, and she's already remarried. And it happened when Jerry was engaged. And this is where (laughs) Jerry says, uh, it must have been hilarious in the 90s, I got to get on that internet. I'm missing so much. (laughs) (laughs) It does get a huge laugh. (laughs) Because, like, who's on the internet? Come on. In 97. (laughs) Got to get on that internet. And Beth is trying to adopt a baby with her new husband. And Elaine is a reference and i love jerry's like a baby that can add two years to a marriage (laughs) (laughs) meanwhile kramer and mickey come in and they're wearing matching shirts because they're trying to decide which one looks better and will get to wear it for their double date with girls that they met from the gap but they haven't discussed who is going to be paired with which girl and so they're kind of uh, puzzled about that i liked this bit where elaine has to decide and they do the little turn and mickey and kramer are just such a great uh, duo yeah this was this was really well done they were very yeah. in sync for their yeah. for their uh turnabout yeah uh, over in george's car he's there with marcy and she was like oh check this out i was on third <laughs> avenue today and yada 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 i got a free massage and a facial <laughs> <laughs> and uh, George is uh, George is like what a succinct story. And George is driving his mom's Cadillac, and Marcy asks, oh, "Are you closer to the parents?" He's like, "Well, they gave birth to me, and yada yada yada." <laughs> and it just kind of trails off, <laughs> which I, I love. I love how he doesn't he doesn't punch the yada yada. He's like, yeah, yeah, and uh, yada yada yada. <laughs> yeah, and then she's like, "And what else?" He's like, "Well, uh, yada." <laughs> That's all. <laughs> Over at Bruno, which was a restaurant at 240 East 58th Street. It was there since 1978. I don't know when it closed, but the only Yelp review was from 2007. Uh, And it was a favorable review. They loved it. They thought it was uh, romantic and affordable, but uh, it it closed. Yeah, I don't know when, but... I'm more interested that a New York restaurant only had one Yelp review. I know. Uh, It it, it is kind of weird, and maybe it's... I mean, Yelp had been around for a while in 2007 by then. So, yeah, you got to figure. I don't know. Maybe that's why it's closed. <laughs> yeah. I, it is still early internet. So, you never know. Maybe that that's whenever uh, not everyone thought they were a fucking food critic. Yeah. Yeah. It could have been before Yelp really exploded. I'm trying to remember when I got on it. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure I was in uh, Jackson. So, that would have been like from, yeah. geez, when was that? I don't even know. I've been looking at my <laughs> resume so much, you'd think I know this right off the top of my head. But uh, I want to say 2009? Any, anywhere up until 2015. Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, so maybe it was like 2009 to 2015 or 2008, something like that. So, yeah, I, I would have been on Yelp after this guy. Uh, but it was Bruno was standard uh, northern Italian fare. It is now Club A Steakhouse. Hmm, okay. And Kramer and Mickey, that's where they're having their double date. And they're trying to figure out who goes with who based on – at first kind of based on – who likes the shirts that they're wearing? Like, oh, I like your shirt. Like, oh, uh, okay. He's like, well, I like your shirt too. It's like, oh, all right. Well, but I like your shirt. They're like, oh, well, thank. It's uh, it's pretty confusing. They're really uh, not getting much to work with from 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 what the girls are saying. I don't think. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's just being way too polite to know who is attracted to whom. And so, yeah. you know, Mickey mentions he's an actor, and um, Kramer mentions he's taken up polo. Then Mickey mentions he owns a tux, and then Kramer mentions his aunt is ill. Um, <laughs> the, like the waiter, that, that's that's a flex. Yeah, I know. Uh, my aunt has taken ill of late. I think he says it in like a very literary way, like that too. <laughs> 
Um, and then the waiter comes up and asks if they want to get started with some wine. And Mickey says, I like Merlot. And then another girl says, I love Merlot. And then the other one says, I'm crazy about Merlot. And then I love Kramer's, I live for Merlot. And then the waiter, I mean, this, this was so perfectly timed. The waiter's like, we're out of Merlot. <laughs> and then Kramer does a, a typical Kramer spaz out where he, uh, he, you know, flips the plate or something like that. But I loved how, I loved how that bit flowed. Like, I, I like Merlot. I love Merlot. I'm crazy about Merlot. It was just. Just so it was just so rhythmic. I loved it. Over at the adoption agency, here's where I'd forgotten that Beth Lookner is Deborah Messing. Oh, really? Yeah, from season seven, episode twenty-three, uh, uh, the the wait out. So when Jerry oh, mentioned yeah. like he was, I thought like waiting on people to get divorced was just something Jerry does. And I had <laughs> I, so when did you realize that this was the same woman from that episode? Was it all the way back then, or was it just now? And you were like, oh, the wait out, of course. Honestly, like. I even seeing her face here, I'm like, she looks familiar. <laughs> oh, so it never but clicked. It it clicked eventually. I yeah, couldn't oh, pinpoint I when it clicked, um, but <laughs> it wasn't here yet. I know that for sure. Uh, yeah. I know, like, she looks familiar. Has she been in an episode? She's gotta be. I don't know her real name. What was she in? And but it eventually did click. I'm like, oh yeah, duh. Fucking I think dumbass. I did. I think I did cheat and go Deborah Messing Seinfeld, and then found out, oh, it's her. But what's funny about <laughs> this is she's been divorced and remarried. So I'm guessing that they couldn't get Carrie Elwes, who was like a you know a, an actual big like definitely oh, much more yeah, of a big deal than that's Deborah who she Messing. was married to in the show. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> now yeah. it's clicking. Right and. In let me see. So in '97, uh, so Twister had already come out. He was he was probably just in Liar Liar. So he was definitely you know still well into his his long and illustrious career as an actor. So they couldn't book him again, I'm guessing. And Elaine is there for her interview, and she is, just starts with like, oh, you know, we uh, yeah we do see each other socially. You know, we'll go out. And uh, Arnie's a big. Here's a, something that was funny to me as someone who does enjoy film as well. She's like, Arnie's a big film buff, and one time we went to see Striptease, and I'm like. <laughs> he's a film buff and you guys went to see striptease i know that's something that people watch um not not ironically but just like as an example of trash cinema that yeah yeah that has some sort of redeeming quality that you can watch it for i don't know what it is but um i could i could see a film buff going oh we must go see striptease um <laughs> he's he's a purveyor of fine cinema last yeah. thursday we went and saw Mikel bay's transformers <laughs> yeah yeah but anyway, when they went to see the movie, Elaine starts like she almost goes into like a trance state and starts telling the story about how she was talking <laughs> during the beginning of the movie and he yelled at her angrily to shut up. <laughs> and, and then she like sort of comes to and realizes that she's still in the uh, adoption agency interview and goes, but they're great people. <laughs> Over at Manhattan East Dental Plaza, which is a building we've seen before at uh, 220 East 64th Street. You can see the ad, uh, the address right on the window. I loved it. Uh, and we've talked about it before because we've been here before. But it is still Concord Apartments, uh, as it was the last time we talked about it. I don't remember when. But also Rejuvenation Medispa is where kind of that entrance is now. It's in there, which is temporarily closed if you were looking to go. And George comes in while Jerry is waiting for his dentist appointment. In the chair, he's like, oh, "I knew you had a, I knew you had an appointment, so I knew you'd be there," <laughs> which sets up kind of a funny uh, joke for later as well. And he, all, all he came to tell Jerry was that he loves the yada yada and how he can tell his whole life story very quickly. Like that's it. I thought it was a uh, weird to like need Jerry right in that second for that. Yeah, like he couldn't, he couldn't wait uh, until he sees him <laughs> in his apartment. Surely later in the yeah. day, just like right after this appointment, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Tim Watley comes in, and I love George's question. 
Is it normal for your teeth to make noise, like a hissing? I thought that was such a weird question to ask. <laughs> Not just like a hissing, like a hissing or a chirping. Or a chirping, yeah. <laughs> but it makes me think that, like, George is picking up radio signals through his fillings or something. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I could think, uh, that he's hearing that. Tim comes in and he starts talking about a joke about the rabbi and the farmer's daughter. And, and farmer's daughter's <sighs> jokes we've already visited on this yeah, podcast. Remember, yeah, we Ted? have. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so the rabbi and the farmer's daughter. And Jerry asks him if he should be making jokes about that. And I love Tim's line here. He's like, Jerry, it's our humor that has sustained us as a people for 3,000 years. And I love Jerry goes, 5,000 years. 5,000, even better. <laughs> okay, so given what we know about the episode in full, is he talking about Jewish people or is he talking about dentists? He's talking about Jewish people in this okay. instance. Okay, I okay. Yeah. I, I didn't know if like there was a whole uh, double entendre going on that I wasn't aware of until you mentioned that. I'm like, is it possible that he's constantly talking about dentists? But <laughs> Oh, yeah. I could see that, yeah. But no, I think in this yeah, I think in this instance, uh, yeah, he's he's talking about Jewish people. Okay. He's okay. talking about Jews. Ted. Oh God! Okay, I'm cutting that out. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I'm kidding. Go. Okay. Um, and then he asks the dental hygienist for a shtickle of fluoride. So not only Jesus. is he telling Jewish jokes, but he's also using Yiddish uh, in his everyday speech now. Which I guess this is—is is this the same day? So is this two days uh, as a as, as a Jewish person that he's started using Yiddish? Uh, uh, did he say in monks when his appointment was? I think it was tomorrow. Yeah. So maybe this something? is day three. Of, this, okay. Of yeah. Jewish. So this would be this would be uh, day three. Yeah. Uh, up in Jerry's apartment, Jerry is telling Elaine that he believes Watley converted just for the jokes to Judaism. Uh, <laughs> and there is a uh, I think the the second of a few hilarious telemarketer bits because. Early internet humor, you know, talking about the internet as if it's a punchline was funny in 97, and so was telemarketer jokes. So this person calls, and yeah, it, it's, it really could have been deleted. It's completely inconsequential, and it is such of its time because, you like, you know, telemarketer calls are still a thing, but and they were rampant around this time. Like, you couldn't sit down for five minutes without getting a call asking if you wanted oh, yeah. a subscription to something or to change your long distance or whatever. But yeah, she's like, would you be interested in a subscription to the new york times and he goes yes and hangs up and it gets a long applause break it gets a very long yeah. applause i mean this like you said this exists today but it's now calls about uh your car's extended warranty and yeah. uh hey we, literal we would, we would, we would like your blood please or hey your social security number has been suspended yeah and they're just recordings so you really yeah. couldn't do it you know you couldn't make a joke about him like talking to the recording or whatever I will say but. I I got not I didn't get got but the first time I got the your social security number has been suspended I'm like interesting go on mm -hmm. and and talk to the guy for probably fucking 15 minutes and because they did put me through to a real person yeah eventually yeah. but couldn't give me any information uh. about it so I'm like uh-huh go on i've always I, wanted to like fuck with those people and see just see how long i could waste their time before they realize that <laughs> you know i'm wasting like but then i'm like what information will they have you know do they have about me can they get from my phone number just whatever just you know so oh yeah my social security number one two three four five six seven eight nine well, what's wrong with you know and like them trying to figure out 
you know, just like get, fill them up with bullshit info and, and until they realize, wait a second. <laughs> like, I, I got time. I got time now, buddy. <laughs> Do you remember? Um, did you hear on this was on uh, the show with Jessica? She brought in like a, a scam recording that she got because the guy said his name was Dennis Quaid. It's like, hello, this is Dennis Quaid. Uh, no, you know, it was that, some scam recently. Like, no, no, it was like uh, two or three years ago. Oh, OK. Yeah. No, it, I, or, I don't remember this. Maybe even longer, but we were talking about scams, and, and we just couldn't believe he said his name was Dennis Quaid. Hello, this is Dennis Quaid. Please give me a call about your whatever it was, social security number or whatever. Yeah, I'm like My- you had to pick you you did you just Google American name and like Dennis Quaid came up? You didn't know he's like one of the biggest actors. My my grandma almost got swindled by a scammer because they called her. Don't know if it was a real person or a robot voice, but she said the call started with. Uh, someone almost like plugging their nose, but it was like, Grandma, I'm I'm in the hospital. I was in a yeah. fight. My nose was broken and, and just like needed money for like hospital bills or something. I'm like, How, what kind of fucking scumbag? Yeah, yeah. No, that happens a lot. The other one that I've seen happening around here is people calling and saying, oh, you know, I'm either pretending to be the grandchild or... You know, they just, it's like, hi, this is the, the sheriff's department. Your grandkid's in jail. They said that you could give the money or whatever. And yeah, the same same kind of thing. And then they send bail money and then that's it. Uh, he, he is open. He's eligible for bail. It is uh, $2,000 in iTunes gift cards. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Grandma, I'm at the only prison that takes iTunes gift cards. Please. No, yeah, that's uh, that's happened a lot around here too. So Kramer and Mickey come in, and they still haven't figured out which girl goes with which guy. I love Mickey's like, all right, let's just put their names in a hat. And Kramer's like, I don't even know their names. (laughs) (laughs) And Kramer's like, you know, they're they're trying to choose. And Kramer's like, oh, everyone's your type. And Mickey's like, oh, what do you mean by that? He's like, well, you've been married three times. And Mickey, uh, you know, runs, uh, tries to to fight Kramer. And Jerry and Elaine have to hold Mickey back. And Elaine Elaine tells him, you know what? Show up early for your next date sit across from each other and see which one the girls sit next to. And they both like that idea. And I love that Kramer's like, all right, now I get to wear the shirt next time. And Mickey's like, no one's wearing the shirt next time. We'll look like idiots. What did you think of Mickey's, all right, it's go time, kind of a throwback to to Lloyd Bridges. I didn't even catch it. Yeah, (laughs) it's go time. Uh, by the way, this is where I noticed Superman is on the shelf. But no, I like, uh, again, I-, I like Mickey trying to fight Kramer. I like everything about these two uh, together. But I-, I like also that initially, you know, they're like, well, we can't wear the same shirt. We'll look like idiots. And now, like, if Kramer wore the shirt this time, they'd look like <laughs> idiots again. Like, yeah. Mickey just doesn't want, yeah. Uh, over at Monk's, George uh, is telling the story about Susan's death. And he yada yadas over the fact that, uh, you know, I'm still <laughs> single. We got engaged. We got the uh, invitations, yada, yada, yada. I'm still single. <laughs> and Marcy asks, what's she doing now? And he's like, uh, yada. <laughs> <laughs> he's just using it to replace words now. Uh, and Marcy says, oh, well, my ex came over last night, and yada, 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 I'm really tired today. <laughs> and George, like, stops, and that gives him pause. Uh, it was here that I realized that Marcy is Suzanne Cryer, who plays Lori Bream, or played Lori Bream on Silicon Valley. Oh, okay. Yeah, did you ever watch that? I have not. Uh, I I wanted to start watching it, yeah. uh, but then like two thirds of the cast came out as being hyper problematic. I'm like, I don't know oh, if I want right. to start yeah. it now. I forgot Middle Ditch and TJ. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it, it it is hilarious, but um, yeah, I guess uh, you know, support at your own risk. But 
Um, and it's kind of the character of Lori Bream is so weird and robotic that seeing Suzanne Cryer play a normal person who speaks normally is just uh, it was kind of interesting. But I was like, wait a second. Uh, so there we go. Uh, in front of Elaine's building, she runs into Beth and Arnie and their adoption was denied because uh, Arnie has a violent temper. And Elaine, they, so they're going around to their friends asking what they said. And Elaine kind of yada yada is her part of that interview. <laughs> Uh, over at the dentist, Jerry and uh, a man in a, uh, you know, like a kind of a Catholic frock, Father Curtis, are waiting. And Tim, as he brings Father Curtis back, tells Jerry about a joke about the Pope and Raquel Welch in a lifeboat. And Jerry gives a <laughs> Watley because now he's telling uh, two kinds of jokes. Uh, back over at Bruno, they're having their second date at the exact same place where they had their first date, which seems kind of odd to me, but uh, maybe it, it's really good. Uh, the girls are already there, and they're sitting across from each other. So Kramer and Mickey have to decide now who gets what girl. And, you know, Kramer's, like, just trying to be very easy about it. He's like, all right, I'll take uh, – I forget which one he says first, but it's Julian. I thought it was Carol, but it's Julian Karen, uh, and which is kind of funny, you know, because of the oh, definition yeah. that Karen has these days. But, um, you know, he's like, fine, I'll take uh, Karen. He's like, that's the one I wanted. You. And he's like, fine, I'll take Julie. And he's like, oh, you know, and, and they just can't decide. And, um, and Kramer ends up with Julie. And he's like, which one's Julie? And Mickey's like, I don't know. <laughs> uh, and they have a, they walk over to the table and they have this hilarious fight over who sits in what chair. They like, they keep popping up from below like Muppets, like fighting. <laughs> I thought this bit was so hilarious. Like it went on just long enough for me. Kramer tries to sit in one chair and then he goes for the other chair and Mickey won't let him sit there either. I thought this was great. I'm like, how did they pull this off? Because visually, it just looks so funny because every so often, because the table blocks kind of the bottom part of the screen, like you'll see a head pop up and then get pulled back down. Yeah. I thought it was so funny. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was great. Over in Jerry's apartment, Jerry is telling Elaine that Watley says he can make Catholic jokes because he used to be Catholic. And Elaine says, well, I mean, it's really a Raquel Welch joke. Uh, you know, and she's like, what's the line? Hand me the buoys. And Elaine cracks up at that. <laughs> Which this joke sounds like it sucks. It sounds awful. It, <laughs> yeah. sound, it sounds like one of the worst jokes ever. Sounds so dumb and hack. Uh, <laughs> but I did like Jerry's like, he's, he's like, he's going for total joke immunity. If he gets Polish citizenship, he'll be unstoppable. Jeez. <laughs> and it just goes, I'm like, where did Polish jokes go? That was like the dumb person joke, like, I guess back in the 90s, you know? Yeah. Were you familiar with that no. genre? No, yeah. not at all. I think Polish jokes got phased out by the early 2000s blonde jokes. Yes, yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's just so weird that, like, when you need, like, uh, how do you get a Polak to blah, 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 you know? And, like, that's that was hack joke material. And I'm like... Where did those jokes go? Uh, but I, so I thought that was kind of funny. He'd be he'd be currently Jewish, formerly Catholic, and Polish, so he'd have total <laughs> joke immunity. But yeah, I guess if this joke was written later, it's like he could dye his hair blonde and then he'll have uh, joke immunity. And 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 Jerry comes up with the plan. He's like, I'm going to tell Father Curtis. I think I think he'd be interested in what Tim Watley has the Pope and Raquel Welch doing in a lifeboat. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Elaine calls Beth and Arnie and leaves a message about wanting to take them to lunch. And Jerry's like, you screwed up their adoption and you're taking them to lunch. George comes in and he's like, hey, get this. He's like, "Tell me, what do you think of this? My ex came over last night. Yada, yada, yada. I'm really tired today. And uh, Elaine says, because Jerry's like, she wouldn't yada, yada sex. And, and Elaine raises her hand and says, I've yada, yada sex. She's like, I met a lawyer. Uh, we went out. I had the bisque. Yada, yada, yada. I never heard from him again. 
<laughs> and this is a classic Seinfeld exchange where Jerry's like, you yada yada, the best part. And Elaine's like, I mentioned the bisque. Uh, ha 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 ha. <laughs> Applause. I've heard this before. I totally forgot about it until it played here. It is very funny. It, it's very, oh, man, dumb. He thinks sex best part. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Man, always best part of sex with woman. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it just, yeah, I was wondering how it played to a first time viewer because it is, it's just such in the greatest hits. It's like the Hotel yeah. California of Seinfeld <laughs> quotes. And so, um, yeah. But uh, but I imagine the first time is like, whoa, nailed him. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. That's humor. That's humor on a plate right there. Uh, or in a bowl like some bisque. God uh, damn it. And, and George is like, well, I got to do something. And he goes into the bathroom and slams the door. And simultaneously, this show so rhythmically was just like, simultaneously, Kramer comes in and says, I got to do something. And Jerry goes, George is already in there, which I, I thought... <laughs> That whole exchange was like, this This episode is just jazz, man. It's just so well orchestrated. And Kramer is still mixed up. And he's thinking about just asking out Karen solo. Like, no more double dates. Just, like, pick one, and I'm going to do it behind Mickey's back. Uh, over at Monk's, George and Marcy are there, and he tells her that was a hell of a yada yada. So, like, she did bang her ex? Did you, what, what's your, where'd you land on this? Because I'm very curious, because I, I still can't figure it out, but I'm leaning towards, yes, but I guess I just need some confirmation. Yeah, I'm not sure if she if she's confirming that she banged her ex or not. The only thing that puts me in the no column is that George is so unbelievably cool with it. Yeah. Yeah, he is. You're right. But I'm like, what? But everything, every, everything else points to her banging her ex. <laughs> All night long uh, and yada yadaing over it. So I have no idea. Uh, and I guess we're both. What do you think? Uh, bang or no bang? Hashtag us at no hugging. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta. I'm gonna put up a poll. I gotta remember because I always say this, and then I'm like, I gotta remember. You know, two weeks from now to do that, um, or a week from today, whenever. Either either you don't remember, or you put it up like the day after we record, and it makes yeah. no sense to anybody following us because that episode won't be out for six more days. Yeah, it either has to be a week early <laughs> or never. <laughs> uh, maybe I'll write it down. Uh, all right, I'm going to write down bang poll. I- I've written it down <laughs> for homework, so we can we can check in with what people think. Hopefully, uh, as long as I don't, but because I do look at my notes, you know, a, a couple days before, so maybe we'll see. We'll see. Because I remember, did you see the poll I put up? I didn't even see how it ended. Which one of us is schmoopy? <laughs> I did see that. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see where it landed? You were ahead for, for a lot of it, I think. <laughs> was I really? Yeah, you were schmoopy for a long time. <laughs> we don't have that many uh we don't have that many tweets. Let me see if I can find where that poll is to see which one of us is schmoopy. Oh, oh Ted is sixty percent schmoopy. Hell yeah. Is yeah. that the final results? That's the final results. I was I only got forty percent of the vote. <laughs> Ted is schmoopy. It was close though. We could have been fifty fifty. So uh, I'll, I'll have to remember that, and we'll check in next week with uh, whether or not she banged her, her ex. Because I guess George is just is the kind of guy that would just have to be cool with that, or he loses another woman, you yeah. know, and he's still trying to see where this goes. But he's like, you know what? No more yada yada. I want the full story. And this was such a good comic burn, too, where she's like, oh, well, I had just gotten out of the shower, and I was dripping away. He's like, not that story, a different story. I love that <laughs> delivery. I love the, the misdirection of... Her thinking he's still talking about wanting to hear about her yeah. banging her ass. And actually, yeah, with his with his reaction right there of not yeah. that story, yeah. I think she did. I think she did yeah. have sex with her ex. 
Because so much of it is about is about her getting out of the shower and yeah. you know, him just coming over and wanting to say goodbye. He's moved to Seattle, so it's the last time I'm going to see him. I I, I think we, that's where we got to land, but it is still kind of ambiguous. And he's like, tell me about the free facial. And she's like, oh, okay, well, I went to Bloomingdale's <laughs> and I stole a Piaggi watch. And I was on such a high uh, that she's like, I went to the salon and I got a massage and a facial and I skipped out on the bill. <laughs> oh, my God. Not where I thought this was going at all. I know. I didn't remember, and that was pretty amazing. I love what is revealed about her through <laughs> the full story now, and and just how fi- how cool she is with it. Like, what's what's the problem? <laughs> uh, and and she's like, "Well, you yada yada too. What about the rest of the engagement story?" <laughs> and, do you think uh, Do you think George told her, or do you think he made something up? I don't know, because she just admitted to shoplifting and skipping out on a you know whatever it would be a two hundred dollar tab at the Bloomingdale's salon or whatever. Yeah. So maybe he told her. I don't know. Over at uh, a church, which is actually not a Catholic church, it's St. Luke's Lutheran. Boo. <laughs> Boo. Boo on this location, Scout. Come Unwatchable. on. Unwatchable. Yeah, and not uh. only, it's it's 308 West 46th Street. It is still there, the Lutheran church. <laughs> We're not going to do a dive on the Lutheran church, but it's still there. Uh, and in, interestingly enough, this is a church in Hell's Kitchen. Really? So fighting the good fight right oh. there in the middle of it all. Yeah. Oh, wait, never mind. I thought you meant the TV show. Uh no no I mean the I mean the neighborhood just off <laughs> Times Square. Oh okay. <laughs> yeah, in Manhattan. Yeah, but Gordon, here's... <laughs> Gordon Ramsay was there in season 3. <laughs> but here's the thing, you can even see the sign that says St. Luke's Lutheran Church right out front that tells you, you know, what the sermon's going to be about this week, or they have like a funny church saying, or the phone numbers are out front. You know what I mean? Like with the little movable letters. That sign is out front and visible in this shot. Huh. Okay. You know what? H- how did you watch this episode? On Google Play again? Yes. Okay. I am going to go back and look at this on the DVD because I'm getting the idea that this is something that was remastered and that you could see in HD but couldn't yeah. in, in standard def. Yeah, because it, it is a small sign, but it's white letters on a, on the black sign, and, and I could read them on a high def, but yeah, maybe when you go back and watch, it's just going to look like two little white lines on a, on a black sign, and they're like, that looks good enough. But a perfect example of what we were talking about when we were talking about the, the differences between the HD and the, the standard def, and like some of it just wasn't meant to be seen. Yeah. I mean, this totally ruined a great episode. <laughs> the fact that it's supposed to be a Catholic church and it's actually Lutheran. <laughs> Literally at this, unwatchable. At this point, I shut my Xbox off and I have no notes for the rest of the episode. Yeah, this is the last episode of our podcast because that ruined the whole thing. <laughs> but Jerry goes up to a nun and says, excuse me, mother? Like he doesn't quite know. She's like, sister. He's like, sister. Oh, right? yeah. <laughs> his like, his snap and like his, he swings his arm. He's like, yeah. oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. But I love the fact that, of course, if it's Father Curtis, it's probably Mother. You know, the, all the other people are probably called Mother if they're all called Father, you know. Actually, uh, like yeah, the, I've never picked up on that. That doesn't make I, sense. I, I like the logic. I also know that uh, a rank, if that's the right word, a rank of nun is Mother Superior, like the head nun. So oh. maybe that's where the mother comes in and then everyone else is sisters. And, and I guess maybe there are brothers, too, if you're like not quite a, a priest. I've heard, yeah, a priest. If you're like a, a monk or something, they're all hmm. they're all brothers. Oh yeah, I, I don't guess know. that makes sense. I promise we're not going to do a dive on Catholic hierarchy. <laughs> we're just going to go by our memory uh, and and what we've seen in pop culture. Uh, but Jerry asks when Father Curtis has office hours. She says not till tomorrow. So Jerry goes into the co- confessional and he sees the kneeling bench and he sits on it, which was <laughs> hilarious. And he he knocks. He does a little like shaving a haircut knock on the window too, on the confessional window. And then Father Curtis is like, you know, that's a kneeler, right? 
And Jerry, so Jerry's like, oh, and then he starts kneeling on it. And he tells Father Curtis about Tim Watley. And he's like, I think he uh, just converted for the jokes. He's like, can this offend you as a Jewish person? He's like, no, it offends me as a comedian. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, you know, and, and also he's telling Catholic jokes, too. He's got this joke about the Pope on the lifeboat with a Kel Welch. And, and he yada yadas the joke. He's like, well, yada, yada, yada. Hand me those buoys. And Father Curtis cracks up. He still cracks up, even without, like, the meat of the joke. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, he he laughs long and hard. He's like, give me a second. (laughs) And he says he'll talk to Tim about it because he has a meeting, or he has another appointment to get a wisdom tooth removed. And Jerry tells him uh, a joke. What's the difference between a dentist and a sadist? Newer magazines. Uh (laughs) Which only elicits a, that's funny, from Father Curtis, <laughs> before he closes the window. And at that point, George barges in, uh, needing to talk to Jerry. <laughs> Second time this episode. Yeah, and I love them bringing this bit to the extreme, because George is always popping up where Jerry is, so that I like, I like that they're playing with that and doing it in the most extreme, like, at Jerry's dentist appointment. Found him randomly in a confessional in a church he has no business being in. You know, <laughs> it's like I I love that they're bringing that bit to the extreme. George finding Jerry no matter where he is. Meanwhile, Kramer goes to Karen's apartment and her parents are there and he meets them and they happen to be little people. And immediately on this, I'm like, oh, please don't, please don't make like really distasteful jokes. And yeah. I, I'll say there's only one. sort of joke from from jerry about this you know even with like the whole scene afterward yeah are you you talking about just small world yep yeah and it was was, it's totally hack and they didn't need it but yeah you're right that's that's about it over at monks arnie is asking elaine about the interview and she instead of he's sick of the yada yada so elaine first goes like oh well uh he asked me about you guys blah 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 i said we go <laughs> out da 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 and then blah 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 <laughs> and, he, and then arnie gets angry again and tells her to shut up so elaine just straight up straight up tells him like that's it right there telling me to shut up again just like you did at the movies Ooh. Yeah, and Elaine tells Arnie that she'll straighten everything out with the adoption guy, and then he yells at Elaine again, well, don't screw it up this time, like in the middle of a public (laughs) restaurant. Like, maybe he shouldn't have a baby. Over at the dentist, Tim's, uh, Tim Watley's, Jerry is in severe pain getting uh, worked on, and Tim is like, oh, well, you know, I'm just a sadist with newer magazines. And so he's offended that Jerry is telling dentist jokes when he's not a dentist. Uh, after all my people have been through, uh, <laughs> Tim says, he's like, you know, we have the highest suicide rate out of any profession. And then Jerry goes, is that why it's so hard to get an appointment? Which was God. super dark um, uh, and also offends Tim even more. You know what I have learned? There is a very high suicide rate amongst veterinarians. Huh. Yeah. Wow. Because, I mean, think about it. It's not... It's not uh, a family member that you're treating. It's these people's beloved pet that they put so much like love and care into. It's not. It's it's not grandma. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, who they don't put love and care into? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, do you know what I mean, though? I kind of. Yeah. I mean, because if, you, if you're a vet, you're probably an animal lover, and so exactly yeah. and, like and, you. And you animals have the, can't. You have the mindset of like, well, you want to you want to save every pet, you want to save yeah. every animal, but realistically, you just can't. 
and animals can't make you feel better about it like a like a human can rationalize and go oh it's okay it's my time i'm not in pain or like animals can't tell you any of that you can you mm-hmm. can uh, elicit as much using your technical expertise as you can but you can never really know uh and yeah they just have those eyes and yeah for sure um exactly. I, can, I can totally see yeah. that i do wonder I, i'm gonna look i know it's it's super dark but i wonder if tim is I, I, there's no way to check if he was correct in 97, probably, but I, I do wonder what the highest suicide rate, suicide rate by profession is. I wonder if you can uh, even so look, look that up. Oh, I'm sure somebody has can. to have studied that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, up in Jerry's apartment, Kramer is on the phone making a date with Julie because, as he tells Jerry, who comes in, Mickey and Karen have much more in common. Her parents are little people. And this is where Jerry says, huh, small world. Yuck, 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 yuck. Boo. <laughs> get off the stage although the one i mean jerry was sort of the, the there was a show about little people called small world wasn't there or was that like wait no that was like little people big world or something like yeah that, right? yeah okay so kind of a play on the same thing but i guess not it came out as that, that came way later after this yeah. show yeah but I'm, all, I'm also saying it could um uh oh you know, gotcha 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 it could acquit jerry you know, years later by saying like, hey, this show that that was about that was called Small World. But even they went a step further and said, no, little people, big world. But even that's kind of weird. It's like, well, it's the same world for everybody. I don't know. It's just <laughs> makes it sound like it's bigger for them just because they're little people. You know, <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that either. But I guess if everyone's cool with it. Uh, and Jerry, you know, tells Kramer about Watley getting offended by him telling Dennis jokes. And he says, those people can be so touchy. And Kramer's like, would you listen to yourself? Those people. <laughs> Dentists come to this country like everybody else in search of a dream. <laughs> and I know Jerry's like, Tim's from Jersey. He's like, yeah, and now he's here. And he's trying well, to like Jersey. So. Not only that, he says, and now he's a full-fledged oh, yeah, American. Now he's a full-fledged American. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he calls Jerry an anti-dentite. You're a rabid anti-dentite. He was like, oh, it starts with, you know, uh, a few jokes and some slurs like, hey, denty. <laughs> Which I uh... love that. that. God. That's the slur that he came up with. Hey, Denty. <laughs> hey, Denty. And he's like, and then pretty soon you're saying they should have their own schools. And Jerry goes, they do have their own schools. And he's like, ah, anti-dentite. Uh, which I, th- I thought this whole this whole bit was hilarious. Anti-dentite. <laughs> Over at the adoption agency, Elaine is trying to convince the guy to give a baby. And she's like, come on, it's one baby. We'll take whatever you have in stock. God. <laughs> she can see that she's getting nowhere with this guy. So she's like, look, they're getting a baby one way or another. We can do this the easy way or we can do it the fun way. Uh, essentially, as we know, offering to sleep with the guy so that her friends get a baby, which was kind of out of nowhere. I mean, it's not even not really referenced in this episode at all. That, yeah. Like that type of bribery. It's just uh, like... Like, we kind of get in the first adoption agency scene that the guy is, like, nervous, maybe, around Elaine. We don't get the reason why. Like, it's not made clear that he's into Elaine. Yeah, Elaine was being kind of weird, and so him not knowing how to take that story or or what she's saying was, was like, totally was like moment. If he was, uh, like, overly flirty in that first scene, I would... I would get this, but yeah, or even nervously flirty if it was yeah, more obvious. That I'm, yeah, you're right. He's, a, I, he's an I, awkward guy. It just kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah, it, it came out of nowhere. Elaine offering, like, again, we we were delving in. This is the more of the flesh trade. Seinfeld's all <laughs> about the flesh trade in the second half of season eight. I mean, literally, she's sleeping with a guy so that someone else can have a baby <laughs> and get a baby from somewhere. 
doesn't get more uh, trafficy than that. Uh, up in Jerry's apartment, Beth comes over and she's thinking about leaving Arnie, which Jerry leans into because he yada yada meeting with Elaine. And she's like, do you think they're having an affair? And Jerry says, you know what? Forget about him and focus on us. God uh, so damn. he's trying to get her to leave. Yeah, immediately. And Mickey comes in to Jerry's apartment looking for Kramer, which is a good guess. But <laughs> still, he didn't try. He didn't even try Kramer's door. He didn't even try across the hallway. Yeah, he just went right into Jerry's apartment first. Uh, but Mickey is getting married to Karen, and he calls Beth a lightweight because she's only ending her second marriage, and, and <laughs> Mickey is starting his fourth. And we are back at the church, and we get a little uh, title card here one week later. Yeah, interestingly enough, we don't get these these titles very no, often. No timestamps. We're always confused about what day is this? Is this the same day? You think this is the next day? The next morning? Yeah. So we see one week later. It's odd that they felt the need to to do that. Yeah, I could see it. I could see them not doing it, and us just assuming it's it has nothing to do, the week has nothing to do with it. The amount of time it's just weird. But we are at the church one week later. Jerry shows up with Beth because uh, she broke up with Arnie, and Elaine is there with the adoption dude, and she's like, "So they don't want a baby." And she looks over at the guy and says, I, I think I'm going to be sick. Uh, I like how Elaine is so close with Beth and Arnie that, th- that she was the person who went to the adoption agency to interview for them. But she doesn't know that they broke up a week yeah, later. Has, has no idea. <laughs> George shows up solo because, um, well... Uh, Marcy went to go buy some shoes for the ceremony, yada, yada, yada. I'll see her in six to eight months. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Which was a great way to write her out. I thought that was funny. Uh, Kramer comes in with Julie, and Mickey comes in with his parents, who are famous people. Did you recognize either of these people? I did not. Who are I they? know I recognize the dude, but I don't know uh, who he is. I'm just going to write it down for next week, because I didn't uh, look it up. But I know I've seen the dude somewhere. He's in. He's like mr like soap opera actor or something like that I, I know he's been in a ton of stuff so i can only assume that his mom is also kind of a famous actress uh but we'll just have to look it up for next week and julie runs out in tears uh, at this point because she's there with kramer jerry says hi to mr abbott and he's like actually it's dr abbott dds tim was a student of mine and if this wasn't my son's wedding i'd knock your teeth out you anti-dentite bastard god <laughs> yeah that that was just well delivered it, it really was um <laughs> then we get the joke that ends the episode proper <laughs> oh boy this came out of nowhere and made me just shrivel up i'm like oh no oh yeah because beth tells jerry a dentist joke about what do you call a a doctor who couldn't finish medical school a dentist and they have a good laugh at that and jerry goes dentist she goes yeah who needs them not to mention the blacks and the jews holy fucking hell (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) <laughs> Tim, and, uh, when when I described the break from the episode I had to take after this, we only had like <laughs> 10 minutes until we were recording. I'm like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, it was way out of nowhere. Um, <laughs> but I mean, all you know, she's not supposed to be a good character. So no, I mean, absolutely not. They didn't do anything wrong. It's just it just hits you. Uh, you know, anytime you anytime, especially completely out of the blue 
Like there was like no <laughs> setup for that. It was just it was just a shock. I'll I'll uh, even yeah, I was shocked. And, and honestly, this is a great modern day metaphor for for these people in real life. They're hidden in plain sight. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Good point. I, I can guarantee you every person listening to this knows at least one person who they don't know actually thinks like this. Yeah, and when they get comfortable enough to like to like slip something like that into a conversation, mm-hmm. you're like you're like, "Oh no, I don't know where you got this idea that I'm horrible too, but yeah. I just I didn't know you were horrible and um yeah, it's uh it's not like that. <laughs> it's not going to be like that. Yeah. Like I, I was given an Uber ride yesterday, a guy living in a like not wealthy area, but a a nice area. Pick him up, white as can be. Says he got in a fight with a hard R N word last ah. night. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me, dude? Jeez, that's like, uh, I mean, that's like next level. I think I know you after like five seconds. After five seconds, I took <laughs> one turn towards Jeez. his trip. Jeez. Oh my god. Uh, but uh, yeah, well, we fuck do, that yeah. dude. <laughs> yeah. And we, uh, that's the, that, uh, you know, Jerry sort of like short circuits and, and stares off as the uh, credits roll. We do get one little epilogue still at the church. Jerry comes in without Beth. As he tells Elaine, she ran out to get her head shaved. Uh, <laughs> Love that, by the way. Yeah. yeah. And Father Curtis is still recovering from his wisdom tooth ex- extraction. So he yada yadas the vows. Marriage <laughs> is not something to be entered into lightly. Uh, yada yada pronounce you man and wife I thought that was a good way to to end and as they're walking back from getting married Karen yells over to Kramer I really wanted you (laughs) (laughs) so Julie left presumably wanting Mickey because she couldn't watch that and and Karen actually wanted Kramer and so uh, that's where the episode completely ends I thought they did a really good job of keeping the audience guessing which one's julie and which one's karen because even right to the end of the episode i had no idea i didn't know who was there with kramer yeah me neither i'm still mixed up (laughs) if you put them in front of me i couldn't tell couldn't tell you which one's which Uh, is that it oh yeah that's that was that was the after credit scene i thought we still had something okay no no that's it all right so what do we got for homework this week uh we'll find out uh, who thinks Marcy banged her ex? I, I think it's probably going to be a landslide uh, based on our analysis, but I'm, I, I said I'd put the poll up, so I'm going to try to remember to do that. <laughs> and what profession has the highest suicide rate? And Mickey's parents, uh, the actors that played Mickey's parents, uh, who are they? What have they been in that uh, we might recognize them from? Okay, okay. Sounds like a, a nice, uh, succinct uh, 25-minute homework segment. Indeed. (laughs) Uh, What do you like this week for cover art? Hmm. Tough one. Man, I don't know. What are you thinking? Uh, I really liked Kramer and Mickey fighting at the table, fighting for the seats. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, because you got a lot of people in that shot. Yeah, that's pretty good. I like that. And I liked that scene, too, because all, you know, we've had a lot of this. Maybe because someone started writing that was as much a fan of this as I was, but all four principals in the apartment. We've had, like, a run of episodes where that's been happening again. And um, I like the way they did with George leaving the scene and Kramer coming in. But they were were all still four in Jerry's apartment, which I always always love that when when we're, like, at HQ with everybody present. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Let's see what we can do about uh, this week's description. Okay. So we had... George realizes his girlfriend's slang may leave out vital information. I love it. I do too. I think it it happens very early in the episode. Yeah. Um, 
everything else that happens in the story is minor enough that you really don't need to touch on it in the description. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the yada yada gets involved in every storyline. Yeah, that's why I love it. I mean, you could open it up to... Except for Kramer and Mickey. Yeah, yeah, that's true. They uh, they don't use the yada. I mean, it does come into Mickey's wedding at the end. That's the only crossover. That's true. Okay. But neither one of them really says it. But I love that... I mean, you you could open it up to like... You know, I like to do this. The gang realizes George's girlfriends, whatever, could leave out vital information. uh, Because everybody starts using it once it's, it's sort of introduced to the group. But... I'm fine with it just being George and then yeah. everyone's sort of following that George likes it. He starts using it. Everybody, everybody starts yada yadding. Yeah. I, I really like it as is. If you're okay yeah. with keeping it as is, let's just do it. Yeah. It's great. And it's, it's ambiguous and yeah, I love it. All right. Uh, there was a bit of a, a lengthier description whenever I looked at it on Google. Let me see what Naturally. this was. Yeah. Yeah. So you watch this on Google as well? No, I, I watch this oh. on, on DVD, but since I don't have the descriptions from Hulu anymore, I actually tried to look it up on TV Guide's website, and their website oh, right. sucks ass. <laughs> uh, so and- I, I found one for the yada yada. This is from Google because I watched it on Google. Jerry doubts his dentist's religious conversion. Kramer and Mickey fight over a double date as Elaine undermines a couple's chances at adoption. So they don't even mention the George storyline. <laughs> they don't. I, I hate that. <laughs> I hate this one. It, it's so bad. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I like all of the I like all of the other <laughs> synopses, but especially Elaine undermines a couple's, I would say just adoption. Elaine undermines a couple's adoption. And, and it's very, it's accurate, but, um, you know, we don't need all that information. Yeah. But it gives yeah. you an idea of what... You know, it gives you an idea of what we could have added if we didn't think this one was already perfect. <laughs> All right. Well, next week, we've got Season 8, Episode 20, The Millennium. Original air date, May 1st, 1997. Uh, I believe that is two weeks after this one. Oh, no. No, just a week. Uh, we're ba- we're yep. back to a weekly release schedule now. Finally. Uh, if you're looking at TV Guide that night, you are going to see Newman Nix's Kramer's Millennium Party plans, semicolon, Jerry obsesses about his position on his girlfriend's speed dial. Oh, interesting. I mean, I can already see two instances where there's going to be some super dated humor in this episode. (laughs) Talking about the millennium and then also speed dial. So uh, that'll be interesting. But by the way, speaking of millenniums and and, uh, celebrating anniversaries and stuff like that, if I'm not mistaken, us recording this, well, it's July 4th, but... Tomorrow. The episode, yeah, yeah, tomorrow is when we dropped the first episode of No Hugging, No Learning three years ago. Yes, it is. Which reminds wow. me, I need to renew our URL. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Might as well. Might as well just get the two years on that, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Might as well. Um, <laughs> yeah. it, it doesn't save me any money, uh, unfortunately. Uh, it's not like, I'll renew for a second year and get 10% off. No, it just doubles the price. <laughs> Cool, get two years for the price of two? Awesome. <laughs> buy, one, buy one year, get a second year. That's it. That's end of <laughs> for sentence. The same price. <laughs> yeah. Buy one year, get a second. Buy one year, buy a second year. Like, what? Wait, no, it isn't supposed to be you get one. No, you buy it. Okay. <laughs> what a deal. Oh, God. Uh, by the way, I will, um, I'm going to star this episode. I got a lot of good laughs okay. from it. It's one of those iconic ones that I think does hold up. I mean, it's it. It's not a 
absolutely perfect episode, but I got a yeah. lot of great laughs about it. It was very like, especially compared to the last episode. Maybe that's why I thought it was so great. Like it was dialogue heavy. It wasn't full of these like two second scenes and cut, cut, cut. You know, yeah. Um, it, it was just some some smart, snappy dialogue that uh, is is a Seinfeld hallmark and a great example of that. And you know, it, it had added something to the culture. I mean, it added the yada yada. Yeah, uh, despite it adding the yada yada to uh, popular culture, I don't think I'm going to star this one. Okay. Just because I I went into it with probably too high of hopes, mm. and normally it takes me about an hour and a half to watch these episodes and like pause and take notes. Uh, I started watching the episode when we had fifty minutes until we recorded. Oh wow! So so I knew like uh, okay, I'm not gonna be able to pause as much, so I'm just gonna like take down stream of conscious uh, notes. And with that thought, I'm like oh, I'll be able to enjoy the episode a lot more because I'm not going to be pausing it. And it just didn't live up to the hype that I had personally set for it, I don't think. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. See, on on the other side of that, this was one of the first episodes I wanted to watch twice. I was like, I want to start this over and watch it all the way through just so I can fully get the flow. Yeah, just so I can fully get the flow that I appreciated so much about it. Maybe, Maybe I'll go back and watch it again, but it just... So something about it wasn't clicking with me. Can't yeah. can't tell you what that was. Yeah. May, maybe maybe it was just the fact I need to get this watched. I can't pause it. I can't take notes. <laughs> what did he say? Kramer and I'm Mickey are fighting. Hell. Was there yeah. a qu- was there a questionable remark about little people? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's a, yeah, totally understandable. But yeah, revisit it if you have time. But um, yeah, I, I definitely it it could make my short list. We'll see in okay. a couple weeks here. Is that it? Uh, Yeah, I think that's it. All right. For No Hugging, No Learning, I'm Tim Murphy. I'm Ted Hollowell. Be good. Be good.